This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Welcome. Welcome. Good evening. Good morning and good day. <laughs> Thank you for this serenade. Monica was just serenading us with um, celeb gossip. Courtney and Travis went to the chapel and they got Married in Las Vegas, baby. Fake married? I thought it was real married. It was practice marriage. I'm assuming they got some kind of married. Practice I just, married. To be really honest with you, I have no idea if it's for, if it's like legit. Who knows? Not with the Kardashians. You will never know. Which, as you know, you know, uh, they have a TV show being released on Hulu yes, very soon. That they do. Called, wait for it, The, the Kardashians. Kardashians. Wow. No more keeping up with. There's nothing to keep up There's with. There's nothing to keep up with. <laughs> they be out there doing the same K things as always. <laughs> They're out there collaborating. With a K? Consulting. With a K? Creating. With a K. All with a K. That was only three Ks. Oh, no. well, that's bad. <laughs> Do another K. Uh, 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 creating, collaborating. Cooking. Cooking. With a K. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember when Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> Do you tell. When Chloe Kardashian had a, had a like YouTube like web series called Chloe CD. No, I don't. Horrifying. I do remember when she had that show Revenge Body, which was also not that long ago. Horrifying. Very horrifying. The entire premise of the show was like essentially you're working out, but not for yourself, literally to like <laughs> get back at yeah, like to get like back. Your at your boyfriend ex. broke up with you because he said you were fat. Well, well time to prove him right. Time to get but revenge. Also get revenge. It was just horrific terrible terrible um, like i'm so glad that it's like no longer <laughs> it's no longer a thing i'm also so glad that she stopped like using the term like clo cd <sighs> just because her house is like professionally yeah. organized and she likes to keep it that way <laughs> unless just, she's the one doing the organizing no just i don't horrific. care just horrific horrific uh so anyway that's what i was doing before okay. <laughs> before he came on was i was reading up on the kardashians <laughs> important news uh, listen we live in los angeles they're a vital part of this community it's true i i also i sent monica a really important headline earlier today too didn't i monica you did you did what what did it say again i have to go back into my text look, look, going look. back besides like that gorgeous jacket and pants ready oh. <laughs> yeah here this is important guys get ready kids al pacino shows off shrek phone case while out to dinner with jason momoa hyphen and fans go wild wow wow this is the hard-hitting journalism these are like these are the headlines that we're being served yeah nowadays yeah you know, it is what it is. It's like there's war and also Al Pacino has a Shrek phone case. I mean, I just, I have mad respect. They went to Felix. They were at dinner at Felix. Oh Monica. my God, we have to go back to Felix. And we have to go to Mother Wolf. Mother Wolf. Mother. Mother. <laughs> Lock the doors tight. <laughs> Let's have a kiki. You want to have a kiki? Lock the doors tight. Mother. 
<laughs> it's funny because it's a memory connected to Felix. To Felix. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, Aaron, and I were on the car on the way home from Felix, which is in, Venice. it's on Abbott Kinney. It's in Venice. Yeah. And, and in order to pass the time on our way back, we were like all liquored up and all like <laughs> branzinoed oh, up. Like it was so we were okay. Basically what we were doing is we were looking up like the worst glee songs, glee songs of all time. Yeah. Um, like not ironically, like bad, like actually like they're horrible. Yeah. Um, and one of them was <laughs> let's have a kiki mashed up with it's turkey lurkey time (laughs) (laughs) and it like it's actually offensive like glee is a fever dream it's literally so offensive it's so bad (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like chris colver in the back because he's this like like tiny like skinny little thing he's like mother (laughs) yeah Cause it's all he can. It's all he can do. Cause he's the gay one, and obviously it's Sarah <laughs> Jessica fucking Parker, who's like in this episode. Oh my god, is that who it was? It's her. I forgot about that. She in so in the show Glee. <laughs> Tell me, she plays a character that's like the that's like the the owner of this like online Vogue magazine type ordeal. She's like Vogue.com. Right. She's like supposed to be like the head of Vogue.com or something where Chris Colfer's character like works at. Mm. And she like, she's like invited over for Thanksgiving to their like loft. It's supposed to be shitty, but it's actually like really nice. (laughs) And she like sings like, let's have a kiki. And that's why it's literally mashed up with it's turkey lurkey time. Cause it's fucking Thanksgiving. Why did they do that? I don't know, but lock the doors. Lock the doors. (laughs) (laughs) Mother. Oh my God. It's just Our daddy good. today deserves better than this. He really does, especially because he's saying sayonara and we'll get to it in just a moment, children. 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 Lakmanas. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now back to the show. Are we ready to begin? I think so. We begin, we begin our tall tale with a very tall man. Is he tall? Mm, I think he's average sized. I'm going to find out. Please find out. Please hold. Six feet. Okay. So we do begin our tall tale with a tall man. Mm-hmm. I would say six feet is tall. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say sure. But yeah. It, yeah. Oh my God. Just yeah. because Jessica's dating like a nine foot tall man. <laughs> like. He do be tall. Please. He do be being tall. Everyone else. If you're six foot tall. Like if you're six feet tall, you're yes, tall. Yes, you're tall. I, he's tall. Okay. You're tall. He's tall. I was I I was watching this reel by Overheard LA uh-huh. about like oh the, the one you sent me <laughs> it was like dating men in Los Angeles and like all the girls that are being interviewed are like the problem with like I'm not doing this like make fun of them like we all have the same accent yeah um, they're like the problem with like dating men in LA is like there's a bunch of options but there's like no good options <laughs> and like also like another problem is like. Like girls are like ten times harder than all the guys, so like, what do they have to offer? 
Like, get a job. (laughs) It's so good. They're not wrong. They're not. That's the thing, though. It's like they're not wrong. And like they interviewed this woman who had like a Stanford sweatshirt on who was Uh like, was like, I'm just tired of like paying rent all the time and then being like 30, 40 and like living with seven roommates. It's just like, it's just facts. Facts. Like they're 30 and 40 and they be dicking around. True. Trying to make apps. Making emojis and shit. Making emojis. <laughs> Making like sweat set companies. Oh my God. <laughs> However, that one that you and I both love where it's just a collage of so photos. Good. That's worth it. That's a hundred percent worth it. That was obviously made by a woman. Obviously. So. You know what? God, she's a woman. <laughs> she is a woman. And on that note. <laughs> Monica, who are we talking about today? We're talking about the one and only. Yes. Walter Bruce Willis. Wow! And yes, his first name really is Walter. Walter. It's it was a very smart move on his part <laughs> to, to not be Walter Willis. To not be Walter Willis. Walt Willis is kind of a fun name. My name is motherfucking Walt Willis. I'm Walt Willis. I'm Walt Willis, and I I'm vengeance. <laughs> it's me. It's me, Walter Vengeance. It's I have vengeance. He would be like a like a you know, tall, six foot, uh-huh. heavy smoker, <laughs> essentially is what we're saying. <laughs> that would be his alter ego as Walter Willis. Yes. Walter Bruce Willis is an American recently retired actor. His career began, like most careers do, on the off-Broadway stage in the 1970s. He achieved fame with a leading role on the comedy drama series Moonlighting and appeared in over a hundred films, gaining widespread recognition as an action hero after his portrayal of John McClane in the motherfucking Die Hard franchise, baby. Daddy Bruce also crooned like the best of them. As a singer, he released his debut album. Yes, please go look this up. Listen to it. I did. The Return of Bruno. Yes. He released his album, The Return of Bruno, in 1987. (laughs) uh, Followed by two more, uh, two more like full ass albums. Oh my God. In 1989 and 2001. You know what this bitch is trying to get in on that like Britney Spears cash grab. You know he made his Broadway debut in the stage adaptation of Misery in 2015. We stand a Broadway prince. Yes. Daddy Bruce has received various accolades, including a Golden Globe Award and two Primetime Emmy Awards because he's just a boss-ass bitch. He's the, he's the actual, like, real-life daddy to five children, including Queen Rumor Willis, the eldest daughter of Demi Moore and Brucey. Yes. In March 2022, Bruce's family announced that he was retiring after being diagnosed with aphasia, a disorder that is caused by damage to the area of the brain that controls language, expression, and comprehension. We wish Daddy Bruce the best of luck with his retirement and recovery, and we dedicate this ep to his decades of artistry and badassery on the silver screen. yippee motherfucker. Wow. God bless him. That was beautiful. I know. God bless that man. Um, yes, so he very he very recently announced, or rather like his family and his team like very recently announced that he was forever retiring from acting because yeah. of this disease. And I actually looked up like what aphasia like actually was. And essentially it disrupts the ability to speak, read, and write. Mm-hmm. So obviously hindering his ability to memorize lines, speak lines, read scripts. Like obviously he cannot do his freaking job. Also like, he has serviced this industry enough. Let him go. 
Right. Yeah. Like just let him let him live his life. Let him like recover as much as he can, heal as much as he can. This uh I was reading that this like isn't a curable thing, but you can no. like recover some function. You can do like speech therapy and then they also do therapy where like you learn to associate images and stuff. Because yeah. it's not just under it's not just like your ability to speak, but also your ability to comprehend, which that's the that's the that's scarier scary part, part to yeah. me. Because it would be one thing if it was like, okay, at least I can like write them a note or I can speak to them and they'll know what I'm saying. But, but it's the comprehension that like, yeah, really freaks me out. But there are like a bunch of exercises that people can do and like memorization techniques and just like generally just keeping your brain up. Um, And yeah, that's what he's dedicating the rest of his, the rest of his life to, to do is resting is, Resting after a long and glorious career. Yes. Well deserved. Well freaking deserved. And what now is, we will pay tribute. And now we will pay tribute to a great man. <laughs> he, it sounds like he's dead. He's really not, he's you not, guys. He's not dead. In and fact, he looks incredible. I was also going to say, I don't think aphasia is something that like shortens your lifespan. No. It's just like brain, it's like cognitive function. Yeah, it's like, it's not related to like other diseases that are similar. It's very yeah. like, it's very much standalone. Like, I am curious what happened that caused him to develop yeah, aphasia. I mean, I was reading that it's usually brought on by stroke or like a blunt like hit to the head. Yeah, I've heard like traumatic brain injury, stroke or tumors. Yeah, which- If you have a brain tumor. Which like, I'm not sure, obviously like there hasn't been any details released around his diagnosis. It was literally right. just like his aphasia, like peace, he's piecing out, which is right. totally, totally fine. But like, I'm very curious to know what it was, and if it and if it happened like as a direct result of like being on set and like doing his stunts or anything like that, you right. know, lots of curiosity around that. Mm. But workers comp, y'all, be safe out there, y'all. Y'all, be safe out there, out on these streets, <laughs> doing your own stunts. Do not be Tom Cruise. No. In fact, be the opposite of Tom Cruise. In many ways. I can think of another Tom you shouldn't be like. Don't be like Tom Holland. That fool, one broken fibula, he's he's done. Truth. <laughs> Spider, no more. Sp- no way home because he has no home because he's broke. Spider-Man, he's there, done. you have no home. No home. Homeless. <laughs> home, webless. <laughs> like, it's over. So be be careful out there, you guys. <laughs> I'm being webless. Webless. <laughs> that's that's the sequel 30 years from now. Webless. Webless and wrinkled. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Uh, Jessica, please lead us into the first. I, I absolutely will. This is this is the one you know we're gonna do. Ugh, of all of them. It's obvious. It's so obvious. Number one, did you say obvious? <laughs> like obvious. It's obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this first film for Daddy Bruce is Die Hard. Came out in 1988, directed by John McTiernan, screenplay by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza. New York City policeman John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, is visiting his estranged wife, Bonnie Bedelia, and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned business she works for, but the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the exclusive high-rise and everyone in it. Very soon, McClane realizes that there's no one to save the hostages but him. 
classic. Goddamn. Classic. Obviously, there's no one in this whole fucking building to save these hostages except, except for Bruce Willis, the New York, the NYPD cop <laughs> who <laughs> just so happens to be there on Christmas Eve. Come out to the coast, they said. We'll get together. It'll be a good time, they said. <laughs> we'll have a few laughs. I was a little confused by like the oh logistics of this because his wife looked very surprised to see him. But yeah. I was like, did you not know he was coming? Wasn't that the well, plan? Okay, so like, <laughs> no. And I've seen this movie. <laughs> I, this was my first time seeing this movie. So, yeah. I was a little bit confused. So you're gonna get like a couple of takes. I'm a seasoned diehard watcher. You're a diehard diehard? I'm a diehard diehard. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a Christmas movie. People think the opposite. It's fine. Think what you wanna think. Like. <laughs> Uh, you can be wrong. It's a fine. As long as you're fine being wrong, think whatever you want. You're okay being a fucking dumbass. <laughs> then fine. Then fine. Just kidding. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> um, it was all for jokes. What I will say is that I believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I watch it every year on Christmas. Right. It's a wonderful little film. Right. Um, it uplifts the spirits. It also like cuts back on all the like the cheesiness that is Christmas movies. Yeah, because there's some gory shit in this. Yeah, there's some gory shit. It's fucking crazy. Like this movie is fucking insane. Yeah. It was made in the eighties, so like you know this movie like gets fucking down. Like this movie does not care about anything except shock value. True. That's really what this movie is. Um, it's it, it's also like you very much see Bruce Willis as like a modern cowboy in this film. Yeah. Very like rugged, very like not of, not of this like high class corporate world. He doesn't understand like the motives of the, you know, in this movie, they're like essentially terrorists. Hans Gruber? Yes. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> These German, Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman playing this like German terrorist. Which is great. <laughs> Which is so great. And may so he great. rest in peace, Daddy Alan. Oh, seriously. Uh, honestly, taken way too soon. Yeah. Uh, this man, this man, another great man. I think, anyway, the point is, he essentially plays a cowboy in this movie. Yes. This movie gets very insane very quickly. Yes. And- him and his relationship with his wife is like the last thing on this movie's mind. <laughs> like this movie was like- But that didn't answer my question, Monica. I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> so basically he comes to the, he comes to this tower. Yes. His, his wife, question, big question mark around that because they're like low-key separated. Yeah. And she low-key fucking goes by her like maiden name. Yes. Because he can't find her in the goddamn directory. <laughs> <laughs> but- he basically they are together but they're also not and she also has no idea that he's coming for christmas okay he just comes anyway <laughs> That's, and not only does he come but he shows up at her office holiday party yeah mm. because that's that i guess it's like, okay it, i bet you the writers were like we need a way to get him into this giant tower but they need to be <laughs> mad at each other for yeah some reason. they need to be like upset <laughs> So that they can take off the Rolex at the end and it means something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Okay, that part of the movie aside. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I like the most about, about this role 
is that it's like it's an amazing it's the quintessential like leading man action action roles yes, we but the, the difference is that like the character of john mcclain at no point is he like you know i really want to do this all myself and i don't want the police to arrive and help me <laughs> the whole time he's just like would they please i don't want to do this can someone please help me i don't want to save everyone well and i think honestly like i think that that's what's so amazing about yeah. his character and that's why people fucking love john mcclain and like why there were so many movies after this yes how many die hard dude four more four. yeah more yes oh goodness so dude okay so <laughs> with dude. the same wife yeah no did they get a divorce uh, it's not the same person I don't know that they actually they they don't sh like show a divorce on screen or oh, anything. Goodness, he just saves various maidens, <laughs> various maidens in various scenarios. Okay, okay, okay. So basically, this motherfucker John McClane wants the fucking police to arrive like yesterday yeah. because he is a police officer and that's the great thing about him is that he understands like what it's like to be in the line of fire he's mm -hmm. this like, giant scar on his arm like he very much knows what it's like to like fucking get shot to be in a sticky situation and the man literally said not today like <laughs> i don't want this to be happening to me right now like, rather not please can you come and help me <laughs> it's like he's very much giving like wife that needs help from her husband but he's like is still in the car outside like playing like doodle jump on his phone very much so he's like please come inside and help me with dinner and the kids or she's like please come inside to help me with dinner uh with dinner and the kids and he's literally still in his car like playing doodle jump like that plays doodle jump anymore i don't know what dude. year are you living in uh, what's another game maybe like uh cut the rope <laughs> <laughs> angry birds what is that not what people play anymore i don't fucking know do people hold on aaron candy plays crunch what the yeah fuck people is, play oh, wordle oh the new york times one is that by the new york times yes see i still don't understand what the game is for i tried to explain it to you the other day didn't i or yeah, was that but, someone else no you, it was me <laughs> <laughs> i still don't know what it's for though I'm sorry. You guess a void. A void. You guess a void. I guess a void for the void. And yeah. what happens when I guess the void? You guess the word and then it'll tell you if your numbers, it'll give you a green box. If your letter is in, is the right letter in the right place, gives you a yellow one if it's the right letter in the wrong place, or it gives you a red if it's not in the word at all. And then you have like a certain number of tries to get the word right. I literally hate that. Well, that explains why you don't play Wordle, motherfucker. Well, I don't play. I don't understand either. games like in general. <laughs> I understand like um like The Sims and like Animal Crossing so, and like, Stardew Valley. Like uh, I get them because you're kind of just like transported into another world and there's like nothing that you really do. I mean, you understand objectives, right? Yeah, like objectives, but like why would you play Wordle? Why would you play anything? Why would you play Wordle when you can play The Sims 3 and 4? <laughs> Not everyone is like us, expansion Monica. expansion packs. <laughs> and if you, if you have a computer with enough RAM, it won't slow you down. <laughs> it's so good. It's so worth it. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get back. Back to Die Hard. Basically. Die Soft. Um. <laughs> Shut up. Die Medium? 
Medium firm. Die firm medium to well. firm to firm to soft. Die, die soft boiled. <laughs> uh, Monica and I are very tired today, so excuse us for being insane. Die jammy. Like a jammy egg. <laughs> jammy. Die jammy. Um, okay. I one of my favorite things about this movie is the script. Oh, so good. Because I kind of I feel similarly to the Die Hard script as I do the speed script. In that it is very self-aware in how melodramatic it is, but it is giving you exactly what you need to be loving this movie. Like this script, it's not like this script is like a piece. It's not a masterpiece. It's not like nuanced or anything like that. No, but that's not the point. The point is for it to be entertaining as fuck, but still like funny and smart, et cetera. And it is, and it's still really exciting. And I think what I, one of the things that I love so much is that, like John McClane is he's funny because not because he's like cracking jokes all the time, but because he's almost like a, like a scared, like gorilla, like pounding <laughs> his chest, running into battle and just being like, I hope it turns out fine. Like, you know, when you play a video game, this is more for Aaron. I'm over this. You know, when you play a video game, Aaron, and it's like a very overwhelming fighting situation. You're like, I guess I'll just fucking run in and hope for the best guys. <laughs> That's how I feel about Die Hard. Does that make sense? Thank you. Wow. <laughs> you lost me at Vidya. Vidya. Vidya game. I'm sorry, you don't have those types of war. There's no war in Sims. No, there is no war. I guess like when you're fighting with the person that's in your house or you're trying to kill someone, like. You're just like slapping them back and forth. Yeah, or like you lock them in the bathroom and wave them to die. <laughs> you put them in the bathroom and then deleted the door. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this movie is just a fucking classic. Like I honestly have very, very little to say about the movie itself, but so much to say about Bruce in well, general and good. like his performance, because I think it. he offers, <laughs> shut the, f- I'm I sorry. Quit. I just like, like I, I just like heckling you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Forget it. Monica's Bruce Willis is just electric in this fucking movie. The way that he approaches this role is very much like, I am a fucking badass, mm-hmm. but I'm also like an old Jewish man. But I'm also scared for my life. Like, I want to be done with this so badly. I want to go home. <laughs> like, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. I just want to go back to my couch and like watch TV, eat my TV dinner, enjoy my life that way. True. Like, it's really funny because the one time he decides to like go above and beyond and like go visit his wife and like surprise her. (laughs) (laughs) There are terrorists in the tower. Hans Gruber has arrived. Yes, this German man has decided to ruin everything. What really? Okay, the thing that I love most about this movie, top, 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 top most that I did not see coming was the friendship between Bruce Willis and the lovely cop whose name I can't remember. God. The cop um, who's that side. But Bruce is like, call me Roy. And he's like, all right, Roy. It's <laughs> just like, why the fuck are you saying your name's Roy? But my first, <laughs> the first thing that I love so much about them is that this other cop just senses 
that Bruce Willis is also a cop. That's my, that's the most <laughs> convenient part of the script, minus the terrorists being there on Christmas Eve. But he's just like, I've got a sense about this guy. And you're just like, you do? <laughs> From what? Okay, I believe the character you're referring to is Sergeant Al Powell. Sure, yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then it gets, and then shit gets like real between them because in their later conversations, like more towards the end of the movie, this fucking cop, he's like, oh, well, my trauma is I shot a kid. That sticks with you. <laughs> You're just like, excuse oh, me? Okay. <laughs> sure. And my note was, oh, wow, we are all healing up here tonight. <laughs> I'm just like, this movie is camp. <laughs> This movie is absolutely camp. Some of the lines in this movie, fucking yippee kaye, motherfucker. Yippee kaye, motherfucker. I, I wrote this one down. He says, Hans, booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> <laughs> like, this movie is just a fucking party. This movie is unhinged. But it's like a party with like a neurotic cop. It's hilarious. It's like, too good. I real, I, like, I understand now why Honestly, people like this movie. If you want to spice up your Christmas, watch Spice Die up Hard. your life. Please watch Die Hard. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want for Christmas Eve. What you want is you want to watch Fred Claus, throw in a little love action. But I don't want to see Alan Rickman die. It's true. That's a sad way to ring in the Krimbus. Maybe you can fast forward that part. <laughs> Hans Kruber. Yes. Oh, ow. <laughs> Ouch. I hit the ground and I, I live. I am und dead. <laughs> I'm going to jail and also anchor management classes. So hopefully I can rejoin society someday. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. My name is Hans Gruber. <laughs> Just tell me about yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I started being a terrorist about six months ago. It sounded like a lucrative business to go into. So I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that they uh, have uniforms. <laughs> I said, oh, a job where I can get money, cause terror and wear a suit. Count me in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's just me. It's just me. You thought this whole time it was him. You thought it was him. You thought he was a Gruber. But now she's a Garcia. Surprise. Hans Garcia is my name. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I guess that was Die Hard. Chugga, chugga. Moving this train along, baby. Move the train. Monica, got, tell me about the next movie. Movie number two, baby. It's called... <laughs> you've. It's funny because you've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> you've heard it. You, we... Maybe before we say this, we should say that we kind of fucked ourselves um, in the by, ass. <laughs> by doing all of all but one of Bruce's best movies in episodes that were not okay. Bruce Willis. To be episodes. fair, to be really fair, it wasn't. It was going to be only one. It was only going to be this next movie, but then, but then we changed. We changed it because we had to. We were another disclaimer. We were going to do the Fifth Element, which I know you probably like. Well, you can't do a Bruce Willis movie without the Fifth. I know, I know, but it's the same as Die Hard. But it's basically Die Hard. <laughs> it's Die Hard, but space. He's also wearing a tank top in that one too. Yeah. Like he's just a little blonder. He's just a little blonder. He's a little bit more muscular. I'm yeah. Not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. And um. It's like a lot. Just a lot. I don't know. The fifth element. I guess is just a different spice. 
It's like comparing cardamom to oregano, you know? Yeah, yeah. But our our biggest issue was that we had done, we'd already talked about Death Becomes Her. We'd already talked yeah. about The Sixth Sense. We'd already talked about Looper. We've already talked about Pulp Fiction. <sighs> Looper was so fire. <laughs> so we kind of shafted ourselves, but then we came back to the, the thing that Monica and I have been saying since the beginning of this podcast is that we can do movies again as long as we're talking about it from a different point yes, of view. We can we, we can come home again. And we have. And we have many times. Spider-Man, we're home. Spider-Man, you have a web again, brother. <laughs> Welcome to the web. Welcome to the web. Welcome back to the web. This next movie is Death Becomes Her. It came out in 1992, directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's a little unknown <laughs> filmmaker. Screenplay by David Kep and Martin Donovan. When a novelist loses her man to a movie star and former friend, she winds up in a psychiatric hospital. Years later, she returns home to confront the now-married couple, looking radiant. Her ex-husband's new wife wants to know her secret and discovers that she has been taking a mysterious drug which grants eternal life to the person who drinks it. The actress follows suit, but discovers that immortality has a price and requires the services of Ernest (laughs) in order to maintain appearances so in case you guys don't remember this movie um the two women they were talking about are goldie hawn and meryl streep two bad bitches two bad bitches um goldie hawn is originally with bruce willis and then they meet meryl streep and then meryl streep steals bruce willis away yeah basically yeah and then meryl streep plays an actress exactly she also madeline ashton it's 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 a glorious film monica if uh do you think you're more of a mad mad or a hell i think i'm more of a hell okay but i also know you love goldie i do but i also love meryl aaron is obviously earnest obviously (laughs) aaron will be spray painting our corpses when we die percent fucking bet me with acrylic (laughs) number nine baby number nine baby He's a mortician. That's what yeah. Bruce Willis plays. Well, he's initially a brilliant plastic surgeon, but then his terrible marriage drives him to drink. Exactly. So essentially, <laughs> so let's take the train back to the original station in which it came from. The OG. The OG station. Station number one, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis pops into this movie. He's like, hey, my name is Ernest. I'm wearing glasses. His makeup in this movie is impeccable. 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 He looks like himself and yet he's simultaneously unrecognizable. He looks like he's 50. And it's funny because if you look at pictures of him now and pictures of him then, I'm like, holy fucking shit. They got the makeup right. Yeah, they did. They literally like looked into his goddamn future and put that shit on his face. Yeah. If he'd kept his hair, 100%. If he had kept his hair, 100%. And uh, what I love, love, love about this role for Bruce is that he like uses the makeup and uses like the little mustache and the glasses to make an entire fucking character. Yes. And the thing about it is he's not, he's not dweeby, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, initially i thought a lot about it and i was like oh well it gives me like kind of seymour from uh little shop of horrors vibes absolutely could not be more wrong 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 because (laughs) he's not dweeby right he's actually really brilliant and he drives himself or (laughs) technically his wife drives him to alcoholism yes and so he's got like a hard edge hard he's got an edge. edge uh but in the end he's kind of like 
a fully formed character, which you don't really expect from him from the beginning. Yeah. Right. He becomes like the secret hero of the movie. He becomes like the main character. And it's very fun to like watch him sort of like blossom throughout the film. And he has his own like little mini character arc where he realizes that he doesn't need his wife his other wife. <laughs> he doesn't need a woman telling him what to do. He doesn't need a woman telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. He can be his own man. Yes. And it's really funny because this movie is complete camp. Like Absolutely. this movie is the def if you look up camp, this movie will come up. <laughs> like <laughs> this movie is the Met Gala. This movie is gump. Honestly, a missed opportunity to go to the Met Gala wearing a dress with like the hole, a hole oh cut out God. of your stomach. It's just, <laughs> ups- I'm upset no one did it. I'm, I'm, I really am. And, uh, but yeah, all this to say, Bruce Willis really like takes the shape of his character using like the makeup, using the glasses, using the little mustache. And he does a lot of like really funny physical comedy in this movie because I mean, obviously it's it's an, an incredible comedy, right. but he also has so much heart and so much yeah. edge in his character. He's constantly fighting the urge to step up for himself mm-hmm. because in his mind he's like, okay, well, I can't step up for myself. There's no reason to, I have nothing outside of these women. Like, you know, I might as well just devote my life to this. Like, this is what it is. And if I'm, I'm unhappy, like whatever. Right. Right. Um, and it's just, it's interesting to watch him like stop himself from standing up for himself each time. It is truly like an incredible performance. And I know that it sounds insane. Like, oh my gosh, Bruce Willis' standout role in Death Becomes Her. It's true though. But I swear. Even when you Google like Bruce Willis' best roles, this one always comes up. It's in his top 10. And I think like super well-deserved because like you said, he's he's always been like this action star and he's had his more serious moments. But for the most part, he's been an action star in some sense of the word. Yeah, pretty much. Even Looper, like that's- Yeah, like that's action. Sin City is action to an extent. Like it's nuanced action, but action- nonetheless and this is like one of his only movies where it's just like he's just chilling straight up chilling playing a totally unfamiliar character who's also really funny like his Ernest is just like a hilarious kook of a man he's so so fucking funny I like I can't stand it towards not the end. Well, I guess sort of the end, like a half hour before the end of the movie where he's trying to like leave them yeah. right before they, they knock him <laughs> out with the, and he has the drink and they're trying to drug him to get him to go take the potion. And he's just like throwing the drink around. <laughs> and he's like, and you know, I finally realized I drink too much. And you're just like, <laughs> oh my God. You're like, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes, bitch. You do. You do. <laughs> It's just, it's the perfect role for Bruce Willis because you would not expect it, right? At that point in time, this was 1992, he had already already established himself as like being that cowboy, that like action, action adventure, action packed guy, like Mm -hmm. that hot guy who's gonna like sell all the tickets, sell at the box office. Like he had already established himself like that. And for him to go back and do this movie, with fucking Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and be like a tertiary character to their two like enormous stars. Like it's just so wonderful to see him play and like be in the same sandbox as these two brilliant women and hold his own and be able to say like, he formed an entire, like it, it. it's almost like watching an SNL sketch and how one of like 
either your favorite comedian or like a comedian that you admire like forms a, a an iconic character mm-hmm. um and it's just so fucking brilliant to watch him like form this character and to be so attached to this character because he forces you to be that way because in the, in a movie like this that's already so fucking over the top he has to bring a completely different element to this movie in order to make his yeah. character interesting enough to even remember let alone enjoy yeah. like i just think that what he did was so brilliant because he not only met the energy mm-hmm. of Marilyn Goldie, but he also like veered off into his own territory of like, he's going to be kooky in a completely different mix and like a completely different formula because obviously Goldie and Meryl have their own like kookisms, if you mm-hmm. will, in this <laughs> film, but they're on like a very similar wavelength and he's like over there, like jamming to his own tune, yeah. but it still works. And it is a fucking thrill to watch. Yeah, he's almost like the he's almost like a little like mad scientist in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Literally, like like a nineteen nineties version of a mad scientist. Yeah, like a like like a nineteen nineties campy version of Doc Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> Who instead of making time machines actually just paints zombies <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> and it's so funny because his i mean it's not funny but his self-esteem is so low yeah that he just doesn't think that he's meant for anything else well yeah and then on like a deeper level in the movie he's the only character who like at eventually just kind of embraces the idea of death like of mortality yeah and like because living a full life he's like hanging off of the side of this building and they're just like drink the potion if you do you won't die it's the only way to save you and he's like fuck that i'm not gonna drink this fucking potion that's turned you into two insane women so he's like okay i'll die but then he doesn't die and then he's the one who gets to like go and live an amazing like full life yeah and he like he becomes an outdoorsman and he remarries and he he has has six children all these kids and like he he does a lot of charity work and like philanthropic work and he devoted his life to like being an academic and like learning more about like the like what makes humans tick and like yeah it's so cool to see that his character beyond the grave has like redeemed himself Mm -hmm. in a way that his counterparts like never will be able to totally because they're just a bunch of like (laughs) they're just a bunch of uh bad bitches who keep (laughs) falling apart dead ass bitches literally literally (laughs) so what you gonna do, Bruce? Uh, it's such a good movie. If you didn't watch it the last time we recommended it, do it now. Please do it now. It's so funny. If you don't watch it for Meryl, and if you don't watch it for Goldie, watch it for Bruce. And if you don't watch it for Bruce, watch it for Isabella Rossellini's impeccable cleavage. Yeah, she has so much boobage in this film. A lot of boobage. Too much, that some might say. pale. She's so pale. I mean, I am, perhaps some of it is makeup, but still. Maybe some of it is makeup. I don't know, but she has like the longest pinky nail of all time. She does. It's like all the it's rest of her. Nail. Like she has like such short, stubby like. It's so she can snort the potion, dude. Daily. I don't fucking no. I don't know anything about like snorting the potion. I just know that. Her, and the problem is, it's not even like the a stiletto nail or like an almond ship nail. It's fucking square. Yeah, it is square. It's just a long but square that was the nail. Thing, then. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it ever looked good. Square nails were definitely more of a thing. I think in the nineties, the eighties and nineties. I just know that like at one point they started tapering out, yeah, and then going back in. Uh-huh. So they looked more like 
triangle nails. Oh, you're right. But inverted, like the like yeah. the big the big part of the triangle is on the outside, and the skinny parts on the inside. <laughs> I'll never understand. That was death becomes her. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna bring it home. Bring it home, baby. You guess it. Another one we've done before. You already know. You already know. <laughs> this is the Sixth Sense. Came out in 1999. Written and directed by M Night Shyamalan. Young Cole Sear, played by Haley Joel Osment, is haunted by a dark secret. He is visited by ghosts. Cole is frightened by visitations from those with unresolved problems who appear from the shadows. He is too afraid to tell anyone about his anguish, except child psychologist Dr. Malcolm Crow, played by Bruce Willis. As Dr. Crow tries to uncover the truth about Cole's supernatural abilities, the consequences for client and therapist are a jolt that awakens them both to something unexplainable. Dude, The Sixth Sense. If you haven't listened to our M. Night Shyamalan movie, or movie, episode, episode please, please. Do it. There are two Bruce movies go. in that one. It's, I love that episode. I think of that episode fondly. It was pr- quite good. Quite, excuse me, quite, quite good. good. Quite, it was quite good. good. Quite good. It was fabulous. Fire. So we've already approached this from the perspective of honoring Sir Shyamalan. Correct. However- this movie is nothing without Bruce fucking Willis. Yeah. This movie needs what I believe to be the fucking metronome that is Bruce Willis in this movie. He is calculated. He is soft. He is calm. He is steady. And he is the only constant fucking thing in this goddamn film, obviously until the end. Yeah. It, what's funny is like even in Bruce's action movies i still when i he's someone that when i see him i get a sense of like groundedness yes and calm Mm -hmm. and i i think that has worked to his benefit in so many ways but it has also made him able to go from a diehard to the sixth sense because he's able to transition into this more like soft paternal almost like heartfelt man as opposed to just this like very fast action star you know like solo cowboy he very much so his character in this movie is malcolm crow and he is a child psychologist and the client that he is currently seeing throughout the film is i believe like a nine-year-old boy Mm -hmm. named cole obviously he has a sixth sense yes Hence the movie title. <laughs> but the movie opens and essentially the a former patient of his, so he's like in his room, he's like getting ready for some kind of a gala, which right. no one invites me to galas. Well, you didn't win an award for being a child psychologist. Well, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> the point is that he, he and his and his wife, wife are getting ready for a gala. So he's like dressing up. All of a sudden a boy slash man appears Mm -hmm. in his room and it turns out that it was a former patient of his that grew up and like never fully adjusted like he essentially to say that uh malcolm's like teachings or like help like didn't really solve his issues yeah he he maintained his behavioral issues he maintained his behavioral issues through adulthood essentially and so he came back and he straight up you know this is not a spoiler alert it happens from the first fucking two minutes of the goddamn movie he shoots bruce willis's character malcolm and then shoots himself Mm -hmm. and 
that's the first scene. Yeah. <laughs> that is the opening of the goddamn movie. And we're in for a fucking thrill ride from there because we go back to Malcolm obviously being alive. He's alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's alive. And he's treating this boy named yes. Cole. And that's where we start to see Bruce Willis's like meditative tendencies kind of shine through. Mm-hmm. He's very grounded. He's very centered. I And again, like I, I, I really do compare him to a metronome in this movie because he's yeah. the only constant in this entire movie because a child obviously has really big feelings mm-hmm. and has a lot of like outbursts and big moments. Tony Collette, bless girl she's so good in this movie she's so fucking good in this movie obviously also has like fits of like just fits i Mm -hmm. guess and like outbursts of emotion but bruce willis's character stays like really put stays really center yeah and i'm not entirely even certain if this like alludes to what the ending is gonna be Mm -hmm. but to me i just find it very fascinating that bruce is able to just like present as this very meditative very like calm very grounded very centered person yeah coming from a background of like only action adventure essentially yeah totally and i mean beyond that like he he gives this very grounded centered performance while also showing us like the emotional variations that malcolm as a character has because he is so like centered and grounded because he's a he's an award-winning child psychologist so he's like i fucking know my shit um this is not a walk in the park but he's you know he's a professional he does this every day theoretically Um, (laughs) i don't know i don't know anymore but then also as the movie goes on and he realizes that cole's pathology is much more severe than they initially thought um he starts questioning, you know, like, is this going to be like the redo of, I think the kid's name was Vincent, the other one um, who he quote unquote failed and then who shot him. Um, But he's like, is this going to be a redo of that? Like, am I going to fail this kid again? Is something bad going to happen to this kid? Like he's very concerned about that. And then you add on top of that, all the shit with his wife where he had this wife who he's incredibly in love with and she is just like not addressing him and there's a lot of tension there's a lot of like vacancy yes you know like yes. there's like nobody's home for nobody's obvious there. reasons <laughs> i'm sorry this this plot twist this like this goddamn plot twist that exists in every M. Night Shyamalan movie yeah. that is so, that is honestly infamous and famous. <laughs> uh, it just, it gets you. It gets you because Bruce just commits. He's like, he's so shocked when he figures it out. Shocked. So <laughs> shocked. Astounded. If you guys have never seen The Sixth Sense and don't know the twist. I'm just so hesitant to say. We said it in the M. Night episode. Okay, we'll say it. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. He's been dead the whole time. The whole time. We're dumb. We're fucking idiots. We audience. We paid $17. Actually, at the time, probably, probably paid, like five. But we paid $5 to... Oh, God. Listen, after... Because I hadn't seen The Sixth Sense until this year for the first time. Like... I knew the twist already, but as I was watching it, I was like, you can see this twist coming from like a thousand miles away. But I suppose at the time in 1999, like this was a very early movie for M night. 
this was considered like a very good twist. Yeah, it very much by today's standards, it's yeah. it's like, well, yeah, he's been dead the whole time. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I mean, w- when you see things like the haunting of Hill House and shit, where you're yeah. like, oh, that's a fucking that's Ugh. a motherfucking twist. That's a twist <laughs> that's right a there, twist right there. That's twist. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. a damn like. <laughs> I think as far as this is concerned, though, you paid five dollars to like go into the movie theater and be fucking bamboozled by M. Not Shyamalan. We're all exactly. God's, we're yeah. all dumb. Like True. we are all dumb. All dumb dumbs. We did not see this coming, <laughs> and it's crazy because I think a lot about J Lo when I think about this. <laughs> Hear me out. I think a lot about J Lo when tell. I think about Bruce Willis's performance in. The Sixth Sense, because I think about J-Lo knowing the fate of Selena in the movie. Oh, Selena. Yeah. Okay, sure. And having to act despite that. Yeah. Right? And knowing that Bruce, in this case, had to act like he was fucking alive the whole goddamn time until the very end where he's like, man, I got, I, I, I got took. Like, I got got. Like, we, we're supposed to assume that the character Cole does not know that Bruce is a ghost, right? Well, that's the thing. And see, everyone has a very different interpretation because I think that Cole does think that Malcolm is a ghost because he has like that whole line where he's like, well, dead people only see like what they, you know, what they want to see. And to me, it very much felt like a very pointed, like, dude you're fucking dead it feels that way to me too but he's also so scared of the dead people all the time yeah but and was never scared of bruce maybe maybe bruce aka malcolm was like the only good one that he had that had visited him thus far maybe i think so i thought no i think so like maybe because what if one day you wake up and you're afraid of caterpillars but then this one caterpillar named like eric like comes up next to you and goes, Hey, what's up? And you're like, Oh my God, you're actually really nice. Are you know, all, great point. Yeah. Like are all <laughs> caterpillars like this? And Eric's like, nah, baby, not all of them are like me. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. I should be wary of others then. <laughs> right. Like, I think it's the same deal. Right. Right. Okay. I think that exactly. Bruce. Perfect parallel. I think Bruce, AKA Malcolm uh-huh. is a good caterpillar good metaphor and all the other ghosts are bad caterpillars bad caterpillars That's batter pillars ba- <laughs> get out of my house <laughs> Bye. get out you don't get to hear about my past life regression oh my god stop <laughs> that's like the perfect segue segue kind of are you are, do you have anything else to say about the six sense i have nothing else to say everything that you want to hear about the six sense i swear to god you guys is in our m night Shyamalan episode. well yeah from a more like filmmaker from a more filmmaker perspective but i would suggest going to go listen yeah, bruce willis is beautiful in this movie i love this man he's so good he's so brilliant he also looks incredible like yeah. we haven't even stopped to say that he's just an attractive man yeah he's so good he's very attractive he's very attractive he's just genuinely beautiful. like google his best movies and then watch 
watch them all because you will not be disappointed with any of them. Like, I think he's one of the best parts of Pulp Fiction. Oh my God. He's one of the, oh, he's so fucking so good. good. And again, we only did, we didn't do him in Pulp Fiction because we had done Pulp Fiction already. For Jean Travolta, who is more of a star of that movie. Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of, guys, we got caught between a rock and a hard place. But we still want to do this app. But we still wanted to do it, you guys. We still wanted to do a sweet episode on Brucey Baby. Because you deserve it. And you deserve it. And he deserves it for he is leaving the profession forever. And it makes me, well, it makes me sad. It makes me happy to know that he's going to be spending the last, you know, the last like couple decades of his life being surrounded by family, enjoying his, enjoying himself. He was born in 1955. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, enjoy yourself, retire, like, yes. Enjoy the fruits of thy labor. Of thine labor. Yeah. Go Brucey. Go Bruce. I'll miss you, buddy. Wow. I think he still has movies slated to come out in 2023. I think 2023 is the last year that his yeah. films will be right. coming out. So right. go, please go support Bruce Willis. Go support him. Go see his final films. Yes. Um, it's It just makes me very like nostalgic slash sad mm-hmm. because like all of the like superstars that I see as forever 30, they're starting to get there. I know. Isn't that so sad? It like, is sad. You're starting to think about it. And because like when I think of, when I think of Bruce Willis, I think of him as like always 35, like right. basically like forever 35 <laughs> and um, he's not. And that no. makes me sad. And you can pretty much apply that to any Jeff Goldblum, man. Oh, like he's getting up there. He's getting up there. And in my mind, he's like always a solid 38. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like he always looks exactly the way he did in earth girls are easy. Dude, that's what I'm or saying. Jurassic Park. That is what I'm saying. Like yeah. he's, he's forever 38 to me. And it's crazy to think about the fact that he's not like he is getting older. Even Leo, like Leo's getting up there. I know. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is getting George, George Clooney. Al Pacino's 81. Bro, Al Pacino's motherfucking 81, baby. Mm. Oh my God. Uh, oh no wait bill murray oh no <laughs> monica slips into existential dread live on this episode it just makes me so sad i'm just thinking about that yeah dude it makes me sad too and then it makes me think about how old i am yeah which is not old in comparison but you know God, time be passing <gasps> goldie meryl and goldie they're both so old I know. they're still looking fire though. they do look fire especially meryl <sighs> meryl she's looks got that shit so together good she knows what she's doing she knows she knows she's got that like nancy myers like italian housewife yes. like yes. do you know what i'm saying yes like aging italian housewife but like aging gracefully mm-hmm. like very very old hollywood glamour oh yeah it's very like she she knew what she was she's doing. chic as fuck she knew she was she like knew. i know what's gonna happen to me like i i see my path <laughs> like because you can take like you can take like the kyle richards path which is you just get like n- subtle nips and tucks uh-huh. and then eventually not so subtle nips and tucks yeah and that's also fire but then you can be like meryl's meryl fucking streep and be like i mean i want to be one of the other i want to be jane fonda where i oh, do jane. get work and you can tell ultimately but it still looks amazing but it still looks in- she, i mean she looks, she looks incredible. incredible incredible she literally looks preserved yeah like she looks brined yeah I'm down. I'm down for that. I'm down for or that. I want to be Meryl, where I just grave, grave, age, age graceful. <laughs> and you can tell, like, she gets like very subtle Botox, like here, yeah. and there, like very subtle, like very, like, ooh, like give me, it's like, like a, it's like she's dusting the house. Yeah, like literally dusting, yeah. like swiffering, like like a light swiffer. <laughs> 
no deep cleaning. I wonder if that's what she says to her plastic surgeon. She's like, light, Dr. Diamond? Dr. Diamond. Light Swiffer, please. Light Swiffer on the brow area. It's just so dude. Amazing. To be these women and to age how you want. Truly. Because you know what? Aging, aging is money, baby. That's what it is. It's like if you want to not, if you want to age a certain way, it costs money. It do. (laughs) It really do. (laughs) (sighs) Well, that was Bruce. That was Bruce motherfucking Willis. Yes. Bruce, we love you. We love you. Enjoy enjoy your retirement, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, Monica. What did you dabble in? Uh, I'm prepared today. Tell me. I have dabbled in the only drop that matters this month. Oh, boy. Which was the trailer for The Real Housewives of Beverly motherfucking <laughs> Hills. I was like, is this another Hill House drop that I didn't know about? No, but I did buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm a massive stan. Honestly, I don't really care where you stand on the franchise. I love The Real Housewives franchise. I live for a Bravo like reality <laughs> TV show. And I know that a lot of my friends are very much into like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I tried getting into it for a while. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like it. I don't like it as much as I like like the drama, the sure. riches, the tea that sure. Bravo serves me on a silver motherfucking platter. Bravo, bravo. I want Andy Cohen to just rip me a new one. Like I want, <laughs> I want to be like stunned, shocked, in amazed, awe. in awe of a bunch of women with too much money and too much time on their hands. Yeah fighting about like the hors d'oeuvres like i that i want to see white bitches get in a predicament yeah that's what i want to see <laughs> um er, the erica jane drama ask me anything i know everything about know it nothing. i'm so in tune i'm here for all things bachelor but i know nothing about the real Housewives. i know and that's and that's something that i've noticed in my life is like people will either like watch the bachelor or watch like anything on bravo yeah like Vanderpump Rules, the Real Housewives of blank. Honestly, mm-hmm. at this point, like there's a Real Housewives of fucking Dubai. Like oh, that looks like it's gonna be the shit. Though. I'm just saying, like the wealth, the, the wealth. wealth. It's just you look at these TV shows and you're like, oh my god, you yeah. guys are like it's literally sickening. having McDonald's and like putting your like nugget box in a Birkin bag. It's disgusting. It's crazy. <laughs> so. I'm obsessed with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills specifically because this is my home. <laughs> Got to represent. You are a real the Real Housewives of Pasadena. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, season twelve trailer just came out. I die. Um, y'all already know what I'm doing Wednesday, May 11th at 8 p.m. on, on Bravo. Oh, I will be I sitting know. here. I will be tuning into there i will be getting my annual like subscription of youtube tv to like stream it live because a bitch doesn't have cable (laughs) Uh, and i I will i will end my subscription when the show ends good and then restart it when the reunion happens (laughs) shut it back down when it ends but basically i am so excited and that's what i've been dabbling in i've been dabbling in like catching up with the housewives on social media because they've all released like like drawn bops like erica jane throw away garcelle's a book in the fucking trash and oh she posted god. about it it was madness oh my god kathy fucking hilton <laughs> the richest bitch on the west uh-huh. besides what's her face mackenzie scott 
I don't know who any of these people are. Wife of ex-wife of Jeff Bezos. Oh. She's the real richest bitch of got the it, West. Got it, got it, got it. But Kathy Hilton of, of the Hiltons. Uh-huh. The Hiltons. Yes. Capital H. Yes. She's super rich. Naturally. She's back on the show. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Enough about my dabbles. Please serve me yours. I'm so excited. Okay, so you got a teaser of this earlier, but uh, this past weekend, I got together with my cohort and we did because someone in my cohort is a hypnotherapist. Which to preface, Jessica is in a cohort because it's, she's in a graduate program. Correct. She's studying to be a therapist. Yes. And um, so one of the people in my cohort is a hypnotherapist and she does past life regressions. And she was like, oh yeah, I can do a group one for you guys. So we all got together to do a group past life regression. It's fucking insane. Um, there are many, many details that I won't go into all of them, but I will say that like, it was essentially just an hour long, like deep meditation with like guided breathing and visualization, et cetera. And she had told us, she's like, you know, it's more, you're more likely to get into a deeper meditative state when you do it one-on-one privately with a hypnotherapist, when you're in a soundproof room, that's completely dark. And you're on like a very cushy couch because you can just sink into it. We were on someone's kitchen floor in like on Tahunga. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal meditative um, environment, but it was still very fun. And I still did drop into like a meditative state, but, and I, I'm such like an overthinker. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get anywhere with this, but I love like, I love woo woo shit. So I was like, I was totally game. I was totally (laughs) game and totally like, yes, I will see my past life. Um, but I was overthinking it the whole time and I was like, I don't really think this is doing anything. I don't think anything's working. And then during part of the visualization, before we got into the actual past life shit, she was like, and on the count of five, you'll drop into a deeper state of meditation. Five, four, three, two, one. And she snaps her fingers. And I literally felt myself like fall, like in the sunken state in get out. And I was like, holy shit. But I was like aware of it the whole time. I was totally aware of everything that was going on, where I was, et cetera. And like, I could get out of it if I wanted to. I was just incredibly relaxed. So that was a very new feeling for me to like feel that relaxed. But you didn't like see anything. Okay, so he, this is where I have Okay, Okay, so. (laughs) I'm like literally on the edge of my seat. I'm so intrigued. So. The way that it came to me, and her name is Elena. She's amazing. The hypnotherapist. She was like, everyone always asks, you know, is it real? How do you know if it's actually real? How do you, like, what does it mean, et cetera? And essentially the answer is like, it doesn't fucking matter. Because whether your brain is fabricating it or like it is real or whatever it may be, you can still like get your own therapeutic conclusions from it. Yeah. Um, and so you, you were supposed to like go in with some sort of intention or like some sort of question that you wanted to find out. Okay. And the way that everything was kind of like a bit not appearing to me that I was viewing things because I definitely felt my mind like making conscious decisions about what I was going to see. Oh my God. But like, it felt like, okay. So I finally saw everything everywhere all at once. Thank God. And oh my God. Thank God. It felt a lot like when there are those scenes of like multiple 
multiple like, multi dimensions like yeah. like one after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it felt like like a like a slot machine, and that <gasps> is, so you see everything appear like and like flash, and then you just like pick one, and that's kind of how it was feeling for me. Oh my god, shut up! So this I is was so like, crazy. I was like like seeing a lot of things, and she was like, "Okay, and you're gonna see your past life, and you're there, and what year is it? The first number that comes to mind is the right number." And so I was just like, "Okay, I'm leaning into this, and I'm." choosing to like keep making decisions about where I am okay so whether that's real or fucking not who knows but the past life that I decided upon in my mind was in like 1939 and it was in Australia and um I knew it was Australia already why (laughs) I hate Australia you love Australia or nor I've been found art or nor. <laughs> so it was 1939. It was in Australia. I was like some redheaded woman and I was pregnant. Nicole. <laughs> I was pregnant and I knew it was Australia because it looked like the desert, but it looked like the Australian desert where it's like really red sand <gasps> Ooh, and stuff, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was in this like shack house and I kept <gasps> have I had this feeling of like, I want, like, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. And then she told us, she guided us. She was like, and now skip to a significant moment in, in the near future. And I skipped to like, I was on a ship and I had the baby that I was pregnant with. And, but I did not have the husband that I had been with before. And so I was like, okay, I'm going did somewhere. Did he die of like, I don't know, of like tuberculosis? I have no something? idea. Okay. And then she was like, no, skip to another happy moment in the near future. And I skipped to me. I was now definitely in America in like the Northeast somewhere. And I had a toddler with me, presumably the child I had given birth to. Presumably. <laughs> and then she told us, she's like, okay, now skip to the day before your transition, which is essentially death when your soul will transition into your next life. Um, and she was like, what are you thinking? How old are you? What are you feeling? And I was like, okay, I'm not that old. I'm probably like 55, 60. And all I can think about is like, where is my child? I haven't seen her since she was a toddler. (gasps) So it was a she. Yeah, it was a she. And I was like, she's not here. I haven't seen her since she was a toddler. I didn't get a sense that she died. I felt like maybe I gave her away or like she went away. Something like that. Um, but yeah and then she was like okay now you're gonna come out she didn't say this casually but like she let us out of the past life regression and she was like okay now open your eyes and as soon as I opened my eyes I felt really nauseous and I had the worst headache and I was like I have no idea what the fuck just happened but I felt something and then a lot of the other people in the group they just went into like deep meditative relaxed states some of them saw like flashes of images they were like oh yeah I was like outside you know, that was it. Oh my God. Um, and then two other people had like full ass first person immersion, like past life regressions. One girl was, she's like, I was an Alaskan logger and my, my, like I died really violently and I died in 1988 and she was born in 1989. So she's like, that felt super weird. (laughs) And then another person in our group had a full regression to being like a primordial quadruped in like with like in like volcanic some like volcanic valley and he like fell into like a boiling like like hot spring and like burned half of his body but he survived and he stayed in this valley his whole life and he's like I the the place isn't where he's like it's not it wasn't where Spain is but it's where Spain is now like the land moved to where Spain currently is and like isn't that so fucking weird (laughs) 
Okay, it's crazy because, like, I don't know what you believe, but, like, I truly don't believe in, like, an afterlife. <laughs> like, I... I don't have a decision. I, like, I, I'm, I'm like, fundamentally, like, there is no God. There is no afterlife. Right. Like, we were literally just a bunch of atoms vibrating at a specific cre- frequency that allows us to, like, be this fleshy, bony body that, like, roams the earth with a set consciousness. And does Australian accents. And then that's it. Like, and then we... And then, because all matter, like essentially just rearranges itself yeah it doesn't disappear we kind of just like fade and that's like that and so it's crazy to me to hear that like people have like past life regressions because to me i almost feel like it's people that are just like coming apart like the atoms are like rearranging oh absolutely and you could like have a past life as like a caterpillar sure or like a rock or like a piece of like lint yeah. like it, and that makes sense to me yeah like, that makes complete sense to me it's just super weird i mean i do i i have no idea like where i fall on the issue exactly but i, I think it's a really interesting like therapeutic tool oh yeah to then be like okay well i did see these things i don't know if they're fucking real or not because even if they are there's nothing for me to do with them yeah but it is like interesting just to think of yourself more as like a soul than as just a person. I think it like gives some nice like meditative thinking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know. Interesting. It's like, it's so hard. And like people are going to give me shit for this because like, you know, people very strongly believe like, no, like people, like we're more than just like a bunch of atoms. Like no. we, we are a soul. No. And at the end of the day, I'm like, <laughs> but are you like, <laughs> it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to like not remember all of those past lives. It just doesn't. Yeah. And to me, it actually makes more sense to do like one of those past life regression things and like, like, quote unquote remember well that's why apparently children like from the eight if they're under five but especially under three they will talk about their past lives yeah that's why kids like, say all that weird shit because i was a i was a pilot in the war and like i did this exactly yeah and so apparently like when you're that young your soul is quote unquote fresh and so you remember a lot more but then in order for you to like focus and become a functioning fucking person person, you have to forget it's just crazy it's weird i honestly wish that someone would just give us the answer so that i can prove that i'm right there is no answer but there is no answer no so i will never be right and therefore i will always be wrong but also always be right at the same time in a way in a way in a way oh god that was crazy you gotta go get a past life regression done i don't want to you should do it just for fun i feel like i would like literally remember my life as a piece of lint you might it's like i was there the wind was cold the wind. <laughs> the wind was cold the sweater that i was on you discover was you're like a piece of lint in the corner of your own living yeah, room yeah like literally at the same time <laughs> as i'm living like right now and the like the, the hypnotherapist is like oh my god like i think your soul is split in like ten thousand pieces Baltimore. you're kind of everywhere at the same time oh my god your couch is a horcrux <laughs> ah carrie is a horcrux oh my god no she would be though uh well on that note that was bruce willis that was brucey baby thank you guys that was bruce Ugh. thank uh, him and thank please him. applaud us for two episodes in a row that were released on time 
I know. <laughs> we're doing we're doing we're great, doing so well. We're doing so well. So well. Chris Jenner would be proud of us. Yes. Ugh. All right. Well, until next time. Don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. Bye.